Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. called Extravagant, and um, I'm going to, uh, as I shared a couple weeks ago, kind of where I'm going to go this morning, and um, and so we're going to be reading out of Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. Let's give our worship team a big hand clap. Come on, give them a big hand clap this morning. Thank you guys for your faithfulness. You know, the cool thing about our team is they, they you know, they don't practice during the week. They come in here early in, on Sundays. And uh, they, they practice and, and work hard and uh, prepare themselves for today. So they'll, they'll, they'll work individually and then they come together as a team. And so, come on, give them another big hand clap this morning. We're so glad that they took us into the presence of God today. And, uh, and so we're going to be reading out of Genesis this morning. But before we do, how many of you had a good Thanksgiving? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, spending time with family and friends and, and uh, ate a lot of food. Ate a lot of food. Dear Lord, sinning. Just sinning, just bad sin. How many was a bad sinner on Thanksgiving? Come on. Yeah, you're laughing. You won't raise your hand. You'll be like, I know he's talking to me right now. Um, but, uh, um, and so, yeah, we had a great Thanksgiving, family and friends, and uh, we'll just keep moving past yesterday. God bless us. God bless us. We won't say nothing this morning. Amen. We'll just keep moving. And, uh, but anyway, um, and so uh, the, this morning, um, there's a couple guys in the church that I, I overheard, um, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to call them out, but they'll know who they are. Um, there's a couple guys in the church that when I'm preaching and ministering, uh, they talk amongst themselves of when in the message I'm going to talk about food. And it, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, kind of a, a cute thing. Well, I want you guys to know that that are timing this that it's going to be in the introduction today. All right. And so um, today I'm talking to you from my perspective of why I tithe, why me and my wife tithe. And yes, if you're our guest today, we're in a series on generosity, and you can't go past generosity with, without talking about tithing. And I want to take it from my perspective of why I believe uh, tithing is biblical, what God says about tithing. Um, but before I get into the message, um, I, how many of you... Uh, let me ask you this question. So Friday, let's just say, let's just have a, let's just have a moment. We're going to just go on an imaginary moment, okay? And we're going to go to a restaurant, all right? And it's, it, this is a Friday night. We're going to go to a restaurant. And um, you're not with us. It's just me and my wife. We're going to go to a restaurant. And I want you to picture us at a restaurant. Behave when you're picturing me at a restaurant, okay? So we're at a restaurant. We're going to pick a restaurant. We're going to go to Skyline, all right? How many like Skyline? How many just want to jump in the cheese bin when you see it? Come on, just play in it like bubbles? Come on, somebody. And so uh, let's, let's pretend we're going to Skyline on a Friday night. We get there, we order, we order our, our food. Uh, she likes a three-way and I like six coney. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, five and a half, amen. <laughs> Kidding. So I get my conies and, and I'm ready to eat and I get everything on it and, and, and we're eating. And uh, at the end of our meal, we don't finish our meal. And uh, we box it up and, and uh, we don't finish everything. How many have ever had Skyline the day after? You don't eat Skyline the day after. 
The, the, the soggy buns, come on somebody. It's just, you don't, eat, you don't eat Skyline the day after. And so we have our leftovers, we put it in our box, and we go home, we put it in the fridge, and this is a Friday night. And then uh, it's your turn to come have dinner with me and my wife on Saturday night. You come over to the house, and, and uh, as you come over, uh, I'm thinking to myself, what do I want to serve these people? They come over, you know, I got some ribeyes in the, in the, in the refrigerator, in the freezer. I got, some, I got some mashed potatoes, or I got some, some green beans. That'd be a good meal to serve everybody. It's fresh. It's, it's, it's good. Um, you know, you know what, let's not do that. Let's go ahead and get that Skyline box out. And let's get that Skyline box out, and let's just go ahead and throw it in the microwave. And uh, we'll just take the leftovers, and we'll put it in the microwave. And then when you come over, you'll sit down for a good meal, and we'll have our china out. It's not china. It's grandma's old dishes. And we'll give you grandma's old dishes, and, and it looks good. And we'll put that leftovers on there. You're sitting down. You're thinking, oh, I'm coming. We're coming to eat at pastor's house. It's going to be awesome. And, and we sit down, and I put that leftover in half Coney Dog in front of you. Maybe a little bit of the spaghetti from, from Jennifer. She puts it on a plate. We just kind of pass our, our leftovers out to you. Now, think about what you'd feel like if you came to my house. Now, some of you are like, I'd eat the leftovers. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Listen to me for a minute. Go with me. From my perspective, if I was to have you to my house and give you leftovers, how many know that's not honoring you? You come to my house, and I, I, I want to give you the best. I want to get a, I want to get a ribeye ready to go that's been, that's been uh, 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 marinated and ready to go for you and put that on the black stone and get some taters. Come on, somebody. And I want to give you the best when you come to my house. Why? Because I, I, I love you. I appreciate you. I want to honor you. I want you to know how much you mean to me. But if I give you a meal that's filled with leftovers— how many know that though you may eat it, from my perspective, and maybe even your perspective, you're like, this dude didn't go to any time or any length of, of, of thought to give us a good meal. They don't really think much about us. They gave, they, pastor's teeth is in the hot dog he gave us. Come on, some of the marks from where I went at it. Gave you some leftover French fries with cheese on it, and it just doesn't, it, it's not honoring to you. Now, I want to read you a passage out of Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. It says this, and it's a story about Cain and Abel. And it says this, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So there's two guys, Cain and Abel, that bring an offering to the Lord. We have to ask ourselves the question, why did God receive Abel's offering, but he did not receive Cain's off offering? Why did he reject Cain's offering? Let's go back to Skyline for a minute. The reason Cain's offering was rejected was because he says this, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil, some of the fruits. In other words, he figured out a way how to deal with his own needs first, and then he gave God what was left. 
So in, not, in giving God leftovers, he wasn't honoring God. He wasn't honoring God as his, his Lord and as his Savior and as the King of Kings, as Yahweh God. But Abel, the Bible says that his offering was received. And the reason it was received was because Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. In other words, he didn't bring the leftovers to God. He brought the first. Look at your neighbor and say first. First is a principle in the scripture. If you read the Old Testament, they would bring their firstborn. Uh, they would bring their first fruits to the Lord. It was an offering. It was a tithe of the greater. But the reason that Cain's was rejected is, is be, or why did, why did God reject Cain's was because he brought him leftovers. Cain brought some of the fruits. Listen, I really believe that God is looking at our hearts when it comes to giving. And as I, as I share with you this morning, this is my perspective. This is something the Lord has given to me. This is why I tithe. This is why I don't give God leftovers. This is why I give him first 10% of our finances. When the money comes in, the first thing out the door is God's. Boy, you could hear a pin drop in this church. And the reason I do that is because I'm not a owner of anything. I'm a steward of everything. And so as you study the scripture, and see, the reason people get real tired about money, talking about money, and talking about tithing, is you act like I want to get something from you. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. And I want greed broken off of you. I want selfishness broken off of you. I want the blessing of the Lord to come upon you. I want you to be the lender and not the borrower. I want you to be the head and not the tail. I want the windows of heaven open in your life. Why? So you can be a blessing to the people around you. It has nothing to do with anything else but that. And when I'm, when I'm reading the scripture and for myself, is that's what I want. And I really believe that generosity is a test. In my life, I believe that tithing is a test in my life. And you know what? I wasn't a good test taker. Anybody else? Any of you young people? You're like, see, he's not, see, he wasn't a good test taker. Why should I? I'm not a, I wasn't a good test taker. I would, I would take tests and, and I would struggle. I would study the night before. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and then I'd get into the test and I'd be like, oh, I'd, and then I'd come home and I'd be like, everything just went blank. I couldn't remember anything, which was a reality. Now, if I put a little more effort into study, and I might have got a little better grade, you know, <laughs> maybe a D plus. Come on, somebody. But I was not a good test taker. And when I was reading scripture, and before we got married, and this was one of the things we said we were going to do as a married couple was to tithe. And, and the reason is, is because I was not going to fail this test in my life. I was not going to fail this. And I really believe that the only place God tells us to test him in, in Scripture, is the tithe, is the offering. And we'll show you that in just a minute. But Exodus 23, 19 says this, Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Notice where he tells you to bring them. To the house of the Lord your God. It's not the tenth portion of your first fruits. It is the first portion. It's not the tenth portion. It's the first portion. Proverbs puts it this way. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. 
Again, go back to this. The best part for me to give to you would be a very nice meal. If I give you leftovers, that's not the best part. The best part is the first part. It's the best part in honoring you. And so he says it this way. He says, then you will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Now, some of you say to yourself, why haven't I received blessing? Why does it feel like I'm constantly struggling? It's because the, the first part of this verse says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. So if there's not an honor first, the barns can't be filled. The vats can't overflow unless there's an honoring uh, to the Lord first in your life. Now, we want God first in everything, right? How many want God first in everything? He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. There's a principle of first in Scripture. So here's the big idea this morning from, from my perspective is I will give God my first and my best so he can bless the rest. That's, that's my mentality when I think about it. Because, because in our lives, a lot of times, if we're not careful, we, we, we try to manage just our own. We, we, we look at it from, a, from a, our standpoint. But when you start to see your money as God's money, that the hands he gave you to work, he gave you those hands. Come on, somebody. He, he gave you the breath. He gave you, he gave you the insight. He gave you the wisdom. I know you think you're smart. But God gave you that wisdom. God gave you those experiences. God gave some of you a gift on how to handle money. He gave you those things. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 8. He says, it is he that give you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth. In other words, at the first part of that, he says, forget not the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant in the earth. And so the big idea this morning is I'll give my first and my best so he can bless the rest. Now I'm going to read out of Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. It's a little bit lengthy, but I want to kind of give you the context of this passage. Matthew, or Malachi, some say Malachi, it's the Italian prophet, not really. Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Isn't that good? I, the Lord, do not change. In other words, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he healed then, he's healing today. If he's blessing then, he's blessing today. If he told Abraham that I'm going to bless you to be a blessing, guess what? He's blessing you to be a blessing today. Why? Because the Lord changes not. He doesn't shift his promises because we're in the middle of a, of a famine or we're in the middle of a crisis or we're in the middle of a pandemic. No, his promises don't change. He said, I'm the Lord. I do not change. So if he wants to bless you back then, he's going to want to bless you today. Come on, somebody. Because he doesn't change. So whatever you're believing for today, he doesn't change. And some of you are like, oh, that's great, Pastor. That's wonderful. Until you need him not to change. Until you need him to bless you, then you're just like, oh, that's wonderful, that's wonderful, that's great. Yes, he never changes. Or you need him to heal your body, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I need God. I need God to come do something in my life. Listen, stop cheating God out of his praise. The only time you need him, really, you're prostituting him. So stop doing that. Stop just using him when you need him. Love him all the time. Because he's the Lord and he changes not. <laughs> that's a good one right there. <laughs> Got a couple of these right here. 
Listen, here's what the scripture tells us. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Boy, I was reading Malachi and I thought to myself, man, this is where the church is today. We have a theory that God never changes, but we have a lifestyle that acts like he's not alive. Because he says this, he says, listen, he says, he says, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. And listen to God's heart. It's filled with grace. He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But listen, he says, but you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? And he says, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are, how are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Now notice this next part. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the whole tithe. And then he says, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. There it is says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out such much, so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Listen to me, when I think about this passage, I think about it from a very holistic, full-life picture. That God says, how are you robbing me? And he says, they say, how are you robbing me? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Then he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Test me in this. In other words, prove your faith in this. And he says, will I not open the windows? I'll throw open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. And listen to what he says. He goes on to give us promises. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. That's your family. He says, literally, if you, if you study this passage, it means that God, when he says this, he says, I will prevent. The other translation gives a different word, but it means this. It means that he will draw a fence, that you draw a fence around your property line. That God himself will stand on the edge of your property line, and he will say, no trespassing in this zone. Now, how many want God to do that in your life? You want God to step up on the edge of your property and say, no, you won't make my kids sick. No, you won't make me broke. No, you won't make me lose my job. Why? God will step up on your behalf. He says this, when you return to me, return to me with tithes and offerings. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. So here's why I tithe. I tithe not, to, not just to be blessed. I tithe because I love Jesus. I tithe because he's my first. He's the only one that set me free. He's the only one that delivered me. He's the only one that came when I was in an addicted state and didn't understand life and was dealing with wounds from my past. He was the only one that walked into my room May of 1994 when I was crying out to him and he came into my room and he set me free. He delivered me from alcohol. He delivered me from drugs. He set me free from loneliness. He broke, he broke uh, uh, ungodly thoughts off of my life. He came into my room and he set me free. 
So that's why I do what I do. That's why I tithe. That's why I give. It's not because God is compulsing me and he's pulling this out of me. It's because he's done so much in my life that he set me free from sin. My little bit of money, <laughs> come on somebody, let's just be honest. Your little bit of money, God doesn't need your little bit of money. He paves heaven with gold. 1,500 miles that way, 1,500 miles that way, 1,500 miles that way, and 1,500 miles that way is heaven. And he sits on the throne, and the Bible says it's like crystal sea and streets made with gold. And there he is, fruits and precious jewels all in heaven. Heaven ain't a broke place. Matthew 6 tells us this way, as it is in heaven, so let it be on the earth. Come on, somebody. How many want heaven to come to earth in your money, in your blessing? Well, guess what? You have to get into alignment. How many know when you're out of alignment, if right now I just kind of went like this, bam, and my elbow went, boop, popped out of alignment? What's that going to create? Pain. It's going to create discomfort. Some of you in your finances are discomfortable. You're, you're, you're not comfortable in those. You're, you're, you sense a lot of pain. You fight a lot about it. Is the reason is because is you're out of alignment. But the moment, snap. You snap it back into alignment. All of a sudden, something of a peace, a tranquility, a flow, a, a, a faith, a blessing, something hits your life to where now it's like something overtakes your life. Why? Because you're in order now. And all of a sudden, when you get in order, all of a sudden, things begin to happen in your life. So here's why I tithe. I'm going to give you a few reasons. Number one, tithing breaks mammon's curse. Number one, we learned last week about mammon. Mammon is the God of riches in Luke chapter 16. He says to us, you can't serve God and mammon, the God of riches, the financial system of this world. Listen, mammon's goal is to control. So what does the tithe do? The reason I tithe is because it breaks mammon's curse off of my life. It keeps me out of control. Money is more spiritual than you think. It's way more spiritual. Think about the tug of war during the offering time. Think about the tug of war when it comes time for you to give. Maybe not, maybe not in the offering moment, but maybe just outside of here where there's just this cringing of having to give. Well, that, what, the, what is that? That's mammon trying to control you. And listen to me. I think to myself, when I thought about this passage and I think about this moment, here's what I think of. What am I missing out on if I don't surrender control? Who is not going to be blessed because I was controlled. And here, here, money is spiritual, and how we break the curse off of it is by surrendering it to God, by acknowledging Him, acknowledging that it came from Him, and to tithe the first 10% of what comes in. Number two, the reason I tithe is because tithing provides for God's work through His church. It's reality. Listen to what he says in Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe. Notice he says whole. And notice he says bring. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. See, tithing is not giving. Tithing is bringing. Tithing is returning. Offerings, which is the second piece that God says we rob him in, offerings are given by responding to the leading of the Holy Spirit. The difference is you bring your tithe, your 10%, you bring it, you return it to the Lord. And then later on, maybe we're like, hey guys, we want to buy five buses. 
to go to the inner city and reach kids in the inner city. Then that's an offering. All of a sudden in your heart, you're like, okay, this is what the Holy Spirit's saying to me. I'm supposed to give $500,000 towards the buses. Some of you are like, I ain't got that. It doesn't matter what you got. That's just, this is a moment. Let the Lord speak. So there was this off offering. That's not a reality that we're going to buy five buses and go into the inner city right now. The point is, is that the offering is above the tithe, but it's led by the Holy Spirit uh, during, uh, uh, as you bring it. As you, as you, it's, now, offering is the generosity side of your life. Tithing is the bringing side. He says that there may, be, there may be food in the storehouse. It's where you're fed. It's where you're fed. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to bother some religious spirits. You ready for this? Because what you're going to think is you're thinking, I'm, what I'm about to say, my wife's getting nervous. I can feel it from right here. <laughs> Listen to me. What I'm about to say to you is, is, is very important that you understand it because it gets you out of alignment if you don't understand this piece. Listen to what he says. He says this. He says that to bring it into the storehouse, the storehouse during that time is where you're fed. It's where you're taken care of. Listen, they did not divide it up. They brought it to the storehouse. Offerings can go anywhere, but the tithe has to go into the storehouse. There's a lot of people today that look at their tithe and go, I'll send 2% here to this missionary. I'll send 3% here to this, this person. I'll send it to that TV evangelist. But listen to me for just a minute. Listen to me for just a minute. There's an aspect of feeding that goes on, correct? But listen to me for just a minute. Part of giving to a storehouse and giving to a church and, and allowing God to move through uh, uh, kingdom purposes is this. Is he says this. He says he wants there to be the place where you're fed that it should be taken care of. That the storehouse should be taken care of. Where you're taken care of is where you should bring your tithe. So if Brother Evangelist that you're watching on the Christian radio station is going to come to your bedside when you need prayer, then give your tithe there. See, that's what I was going to say. I just felt that all through the room. <laughs> that's a little bit in your face, but here's what I want you to understand. Is if it's truly the storehouse, then you bring the tithe into the storehouse. So when the reason I give is because I tithe provides for God's work through his church. So we can partner with Springbrook Community Assistance Center. We can help the ark during Christmas. We can, we, can, we can purchase land three minutes away. We can do certain things. We can bless our community. We can be a blessing. Listen, why is it that we can be a blessing for 10 years? 13% of all of our funds have went out the door to be a blessing to a missionary, to a community, to a region. Why is that? It's because you're faithful. And when we give to the church, and we give through the church, all of a sudden God multiplies that and we begin to do things that we could not do on our own. So when you bring the tithe into the church, again, it funds the kingdom work and kingdom purposes. Now let me, let me just, let me listen, has there been abuses? Absolutely. For, for those of you that have been in church for a long time, you've seen it. You've seen it. Has there been abuses in the body of Christ? Sure. But listen to me. How many of you have ever had a bad apple? How many of you ever had a bad apple? You, it looked good on the outside. You went to take a bite of it. It was mushy. It, didn't it had no taste. Right? You didn't stop eating apples because you had one bad apple. Matter of fact, just to make it good, you moved to caramel apples. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 
to put it in the thing. Just because you have one bad experience doesn't mean that all your experiences are going to be bad. Just because maybe you went to a place that, that maybe didn't do or have the, the, the boundaries or the, or the structure in place, I'm thankful for our structure. I'm thankful we have trustees that look at our finances. I'm thankful we have an accountant that looks at our finances. I'm thankful we have overseers that look at our finances. And the reason we have those boundaries in place is for this very reason. We want you to understand there's security in how we handle the funds that come through our church. And I'll tell you this much right now, God is faithful because he's faithful to you. And we're, we're in a position where we can bless our community and we can be a blessing. Come on, somebody. That's something to give God praise for right there. So tithing provides for God's work through his church. Number three, tithing teaches me to put God first. In my life, God teach, it teaches me to put God first. God wants to be first in every area of our life. I love A.W. Tozer. He says it this way. There is within the human heart a tough, fibrous root of fallen life whose nature is to possess, always to possess. It covets things with a deep and fierce passion. You know, this part of why I tithe, I begin to realize early on that the first thing I do with my money tells me who my God is. When I, when I started to, to realize that and the thankfulness of him, what he did and what he's done and what he's doing in my life, when I bring the tithe, the perspective of it is this, is that whatever, whoever or whatever, uh, uh, if I don't give him first, then I'm giving him leftovers. Therefore, what am I really serving? Am I going to continue to serve MasterCard and Visa, Foot Locker? Come on, somebody. Or am I going to put God first in my finances? Now, I don't listen. I understand money's a funny thing to talk about. And probably in the last 10 years of our church, I've, I've done a few series on generosity. And I can count on one hand how many times I've talked about this subject. And you know what? I'm sorry for that. You need to know God's revelation in this area. As much as I want to teach you about healing and praise and worship and salvation and reaching the lost, you need to know a revelation about tithing and what he does in your money. And so it teaches me to put God first. I begin to realize that I do with my money tells me who my God is. And, t and t tithing clarifies the lordship of Jesus in our finances. Some say, Jesus, to be Lord of my heart, be Lord of my thoughts, be Lord of my body, be Lord of my everything, but leave my money alone. That's not being Lord of everything. See, Deuteronomy says it this way. Again, bring the, this tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he chose as his sanctuary. This applies to your tithes of grain, your new wine, your olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. Listen to what he says. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your life. Number four, why I tithe. Tithing increases my faith in God. It teaches me that 90% with God can go further than 100% without him. Malachi tells it this way. He says, test me in this. It says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not open the windows and floodgates of heaven and pour you out so much blessing Blessing. There is a faith in God. It increases my faith. Listen, it requires faith to give first. If we give last, it doesn't require faith. 
Even bringing the tithe requires faith because we all have bills. We all have things in our life that we can take that 10% and be like, yep, that's what we need to put it towards. Or we can say, God, you know what? I trust you. The same faith that saved me is the same faith I'm going to walk in when it comes to my finances. That I'm going to trust you with everything. I'm going to bring 10% of, of that to, to in. I'm going to bring it in. And so we give first. Listen, why? Because that is exactly how God gave to us. We give the first fruits. We give the tithe because that's how God gave to us. But you're like, well, that's what God was supposed to do. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I think that's where we get it wrong. I think we live in a culture of entitlement. And we sit around thinking God's just supposed to come into our lives and do whatever he wants because, you know, this is who I am, you know. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is me, and, 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 and I'm special. Amen, you're special. You're special, all right. God bless you. Special kind of people. Jesus says you're peculiar, and I would agree with him. Amen. But listen, listen, listen to what it says. He says that the reason that we give first is because he gave first to us. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still clubbing, while we were still drugging, while we were still sleeping around, while we were still doing everything we were doing, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What did God do? God gave first his one and only son, his best. When did he do it? He gave before you believed. He, he gave before you even heard the story of how good he is. See, he gave first, believing that we would see his gift to us, which is what we started this whole series on, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. See, before, while we were sinners, Jesus came. He gave first. God gave first. So, yeah, we bring 10%, but ultimately, we give our whole lives back to him. We give everything about who we are. Bible says, I, pre I present you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual act of worship. He says, present your bodies. The word bodies is not just physical. It's everything of who you are, spirit, soul, and body. He says, we present it all to him. We put our faith in God. We put it in God because he gave before we believed. Why? Because he wants us blessed to be a blessing. Some of you are like, Pastor, that's great for you, but this is where me and my family are. That's fine. That's fine. Wherever you are in this revelation is completely fine. 
But here's what I would encourage you to do. Don't throw this revelation and this thought pattern to the side. Take time. Seek the Lord about it. Seek the Lord about what you're doing with your finances. Seek the Lord about what you're doing. Listen to me, folks. I believe that no matter what comes on the horizon of our country, God will bless his people that are in order. No doubt. You won't have to worry about it. Manna will show up your door. Manna. The Bible says that the, the children of Israel would come out every morning. There'd be manna. The word manna means what is it? So when they'd come out, they'd be like, what in the world is this? Come on, somebody. Manna burgers. Come on. Manna cotty. Come on. <laughs> Call those things not as though they were. But he will provide for his people that are in order. People that want to control their lives and, and, and say things like, well, I'm just going to hold on to Philippians 419. Pastor, that whole tithing thing, that's fine. I love you. You're, you're awesome to be a part of our church. We love you. We're going to wrap our arms around you no matter what happens in your life. This has nothing to do with any of that. This has to do with you getting into alignment. So God can make you a conduit, a blessing in the earth. Here's what a lot of people do. Well, I'm going to hold on to Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all my needs according to to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We hang on to that passage, and we're like, God's going to meet all our needs. Wait a minute, read the first five. Listen to what he says in the first five verses before it. He says, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. He's talking to the church of Philippi, and he says, you're the only ones that gave. He says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. You gave when I was in need. This is the Apostle Paul. He said, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. He's like, it's not about the money. It's about that more blessing would be credited to your account. And he says it this way. He says, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they are fragrant offerings and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. He's telling the Philippians, listen, you blessed me, you gave a fragrant offering, you brought your tithe, you, you brought to the storehouse in Philippians, and listen to me, he, Paul is declaring to these people, because you did that, he says this, and my God, Paul's God, the God that supplied supernaturally for him, will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So you can't just take that verse and name it and claim it without doing the first four, being a blessing, tithing, giving, offerings. He says, then you can say, like Paul said, and my God will meet all of your needs. So when you're in alignment, notice how it works. You're in alignment. You come across somebody that is not in alignment. You're like Paul. All of a sudden now they start to get into alignment and they start to give. And as they start to give, all of a sudden you declare back to them. And so for you that are in this church, that are faithful givers, listen to me this morning. No matter what you're going through, I'm going to prophesy Philippians 4 over you right now. Because you gave, because you stayed in alignment, my God, the God that set me free will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. It's a result 
of their steps of faith to give. Faith is an action. My God will supply all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. We're going to close this way. Here's how I'm going to close this morning. I want you to ponder this thought, and I want you to prayfully consider, after listening to today, prayfully consider sitting down with your spouse or if you're single by yourself, obviously, and just pray and say, Lord, this is what you said in your word. Now I'm coming to a crossroads in my life, and I'm wrestling with this thought of bringing the tithe into the storehouse. Listen to me. Here's what he says. I want you just to prayfully consider stepping in faith. That's all I'm saying. Prayfully consider stepping in faith, activating this revelation in your life. I did it, and I'm telling you what. You guys remember Gumby? How many remember Gumby back in the day, that green thing that would like stretch? How many remember Stretch Armstrong? Anybody remember that doll that would stretch? Nobody? Okay, great. Thank you. How many know this cheese at Skyline stretches? Come on, let me, let me help you. Is this, is that there's been times where we're like, holy cow, how's this going to work? Early on in our marriage, we'd be like, dude, we were living on fish sticks and tacos until she got sick one time. And I think you got sick and you threw up everywhere, didn't you? Just telling your business. Well, that was the end of Vandy Camps. Come on, somebody. We weren't going back to fish sticks. We just stuck with tacos, lots of them. Tacos are great. I can eat those every day. Amen. Tacos and chicken wings. Amen. But listen, but there was times, man, when our, our dish, back then we didn't have a dish uh, washer thing, like a, what is those things called? Dishwasher? Sorry. <laughs> we were the dishwashers. And in the winter, our little, our little bottle of uh, Dawn liquid would freeze because it was so cold in our house. We used to have to wrap up real good. You know, we had a, an oil-heated house. We rented early on in our marriage. We're about to celebrate 25 years. And we'd put all our clothes on, and we'd have a little heated blanket, and we'd heat the blanket up on the bed. <laughs> Boy, when you're early married and it's cold in the house, and you got to wear like a, 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 like, a, like a full-blown, like big coat, big army pants just to stay warm, it was freezing. We'd get out of the shower, and it looked like we were on fire. We were smoking so bad because it was so cold in the house that, that when we'd get out, your body would be hot, and it just, you'd look like you were smoking in the bathroom. And, uh, and, uh, but we kept tithing. We didn't look at the amount. We just put 10% first. And then God would start to bless. We would see, like, groceries would come. People would bring us, they'd be like, hey, you want to go for pizza? And we're like, mm, you better, let me think about that one for, yeah, absolutely, we'll be there. I considered that a blessing. Little things would happen in our life because we put God first. And that's continued and continued and continued through our life to where we can be a blessing. So why do we give? We give to give. Why do we tithe? Because God wants to make us a conduit for his blessing. Listen, here's what I want to take authority over really quick, is don't let the devil beat you up on this message. Don't let him condemn you over this message. 
Allow the Lord to lift your faith to another level. Allow the Lord to bring you to his perspective that you start to see he's the Lord and he changes not. Allow the Lord to bring you into that place of, of thinking. Listen, I, I thought I was at the land this morning and I was just sitting there praying and I thought, this question, it just rose up. Is there anything too hard for God? Then I personalized, I started saying it. I got out and I took a picture of the sign and walked the property a little bit and I said, is there, there's, there's nothing too hard for my God. And I just got out and I started to declare that over, over our vision and over, and I started to think and I started to see. What could we do? Who could we reach? How many lives could be transformed if we all did what God asked us to do? And if we do what all that God asks us to do, I believe the sky's the limit. And I believe not just a city, but an area. I believe Southwest Ohio will be completely different because of our obedience. Come on, do you believe that with me this morning? It's not about a building. Thank God for that. It's about people that are going to come to that building and give their hearts to Jesus. Their marriages are going to be restored. Addictions are going to be broken. Freedom's going to happen. Hope's going to be restored when we all do what we're supposed to do. So I'm going to, Matthew 23, 23. The tithe is the beginning place. Before I go any further, I want to thank you, Real Life Church, for the way you givers give. You give. You give of your finances. You give of your time. I pulled in this morning, and Rick and Deb's been gone for a couple weeks, and started thinking about them and just their sacrifice for 10 years of pulling our trailers. And then Mark's out there by himself putting signs up and flags, and, and I pulled away, and Mark doesn't know this. I was all happy with him, and then when I shut the window, <laughs> I just lost it. Because you're so generous with your time, your treasure, your talents. So Matthew 23, 23, 23, thank you. Thank you, Tweety Bird. <laughs> It says, for you are careful to tithe, even the tiniest, and this is New Testament, just so you know, for all of you that said tithing went away in the Old Testament. The tithing actually did not start until Abraham and Melchizedek. That was prior to a covenant being established. Abraham would tithe his first fruits, his first herd to Melchizedek. And then in the New Testament, here's what Jesus says. He says, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. In other words, you should tithe, but there are some important things that go together with the tithe, and that's loving the broken. That's loving those that can't love themselves. That's those positioning our church to make a greater impact than ever before. Because not only do we tithe, but we do the greater things as well. We love those that are unlovable. We love those that are broken. We love those that are rejected. We love those that are confused. We love those that are lonely. And all of a sudden, the love of God begins to change lives. 
So this morning, that's my altar call. I just want you to prayfully consider living a life of faith. And this is why I tithe. This is why I do what I do. It's private. We give privately. Why? Because it's between me and the Lord. It's between us and the Lord. So that's, why, that's why we tithe. And so this morning, just let's close our eyes for just a moment. I want to pray for you. Father, you're good. For those that are watching online this morning, we, we're praying for you as well. But Father, you're so good to each person in this room. That Lord, out of everything said this morning, I think the most important thing that was said was the fact that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Lord, we don't take that for granted. We, we don't take the fact that we didn't have to clean ourselves up to come to you, but God, through your mercy and grace, that you came and you rescued us. You found us in our brokenness and you delivered us and you set us free and you made us to have a right relationship with you. I pray this morning, Lord, for those that are in this room that may not have begun that journey or maybe they're watching online today and they haven't said yes to you. I pray today would be a life-changing moment for them. That Lord, this is what it's all about, is people saying yes to you. So if you're in this place this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed in this private moment, and you say, Pastor, that's me, I need to make a decision to say yes to Christ today. I've walked away from God, he's not first in my life. Maybe you once had a relationship and you've backslid. Maybe you've walked away from God, or maybe today you, 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 you have never said yes to Christ. And today you want to say yes to Jesus. Will you do me a favor? I'm not going to call you for it, but I do want to pray for you today. So if that's you, we raise up your hand. I'd like the opportunity to pray for you. Say yes to Christ. Anybody in the room will say yes to Jesus this morning? Anybody at all? Okay, if you're watching online this morning, if that's you, please in the comments, go ahead and put the word yes in there. And we're all going to pray together this morning. We're going to pray for those that want to make a decision to say yes to Jesus. And I believe today... Sin will be broken off, transformation will begin, and people will become new creatures in Christ this morning. So let's all, everybody here and even watching online, let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Thank you for loving me before I was lovable. I ask, Lord, today that you'd come into my heart I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead, made me a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap this morning for folks that said yes to Jesus today. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.